Hey, everybody, this is Brett. Welcome back to School Sucks. Today is Friday, June 12th, and that means it's time for a free bonus Friday. Almost every Friday, I like to go into our very deep well, hundreds and hundreds of hours of subscriber-only content, and find something that is interesting or strangely relevant to the current time. A lot of what shows up here is fairly recent stuff. But sometimes I like to really dig deep into the archives, and that is the case today. We go back to January 20th, 2017. Pause for a minute. Think about what might have been happening then. I'm going to tell you in two seconds anyway, but play this game with me in the meantime. One, two. It is a portion, the final portion, in fact, of the eighth meeting of the Podcast Masters Liberty Masterclass. This is from a live event we did, a four-hour, very free-flowing kind of conversation inspired by the inauguration of Donald Trump and the surrounding protests. The first part got released as a podcast. Parts two and three, I made bonus content. And God bless you. If you are a patron and you're listening to this anyway, I'm going to bump it back to the beginning of your patron feed. So if you want to hear the rest of this conversation after it cuts off 15 minutes into it, you can just go to Patreon. It'll be the first thing there. I remember this conversation as we stood there right at the beginning of Donald Trump's presidency. Some of the things that we uh, predicted would happen over the next four years. And I also thought this made a nice tie in with uh, the conversations that you just heard about rules for radicals. So that's why you're hearing it today. Thank you so much for even just listening to this podcast. Even if you don't go to patreon.com slash school sucks and sign up to contribute $1 per content item to ensure the health and the growth of School Sucks Project and our message, thank you for the time you take in this very, very busy and crowded podcast and media world. If you're listening to this right now, I appreciate you. I'm currently working on the next installment of This Is a Test with Daryl Becker. We're going to have an interlude episode, and you might be saying, you're going to do more COVID stuff? Bear with us. Things are about to get interesting. I wanted to get that show out yesterday because every day that goes by, material gets more and more dated. But the actual conversation that you're going to hear in the podcast is all the way back from May 17th. I was still in Pittsburgh, but trust me. In this case, it doesn't matter. Okay, have a great weekend. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for your support if you choose to provide it. Take care. I got to tell you, it's surreal to see a 70-year-old man who moves better than I do at 43, because I've been in a few brush-ups, as they call them, going onto the helicopter, basically jogging onto the helicopter with his blonde hair flapping around in all directions like some type of golden eagle. Podcast. Master, Liberty Masterclass. But there he is with that wild hair strutting around, going in all different you know directions to promote freedom. Hey, he's promising to build the wall and, and delivering. Hey, he's coming out against vaccines like he said he would. I'm being completely honest with you here. When I say that I underestimated Donald Trump, and he is so freaking good. And it's not because he's come on my show or called me a few times. It has nothing to do with it. When it comes to Donald Trump, the things he is doing are so epic, so incredible. I don't have words to describe it. You know, I tweeted about 40 minutes before he gave his speech. I said, 
Trump is going to invoke the birthright of the republic. He's going to invoke the birthright of the republic. Donald Trump is the return of the republic. He is the return of the new renaissance that was started 500 years ago in England. And it's here and it's happening and it goes back to the first roots of Christianity the opposite of Satanism, being about yourself, being about hurting others, being about dominating others, being about dumbing people down so you can control them. Selfishness is the opposite. It's people so pure, so good, so strong. I always knew that it was my job to wake people up and get them ready for other leaders to come who would absolutely overturn the globalists. I've said this a thousand times that when someone shows up on the scene, who genuinely and also in my spirit, I know, is fighting this tyranny, this dark force, this alien fallen one, Lucifer. When I finally see that, then I will put all my energy and all my strength behind what they're doing. And it just, it just gets better and better. We're singing from the same hymn sheet. Yes, masters. anymore but i can drink you know an entire jug of jack daniels and you won't even think i'm drunk inside a painting on a wall yeah. you guys want to take some listener questions if you both still have time definitely joseph m asks and what i posted in the group so this is basically what prompted them do you have questions about your future in trump's america post them here and the podcast masters might answer you so uh, Joseph M. asks, does this mean that I can stop checking my privilege now? <laughs> it depends what kind of privilege it is, I guess. Um, I'm uh, sorry that he ever started checking his privilege. Take advantage of your privilege, I guess. huh? I, that's an interesting question, because all of that talk, I said this, I think I think I said this on a show. It might have been a bonus show that I was doing. But so many of these anti-Trump people who are public. The day that he won the election, like when they woke up in the morning or before they went to bed and they realized they went on their little Vine channel and went, oh, my God, I want to fucking kill myself. I'm moving to the moon. I fuck you. I hate you. You know, but I, I bet for a lot of those people and I know I can't speak for them, but if you are getting notoriety or making money or getting clicks or any of those things through some kind of public anti-Trump campaign, part of you had to be like, Fucking A, man, I am going to be so oppressed for the next four years. And even the people who are attracted to, I guess, you know, the pity or the concern that that comes from being part of a marginalized group, you have to kind of like this setup because it, it confirms what you want to believe. 
If Donald yeah. Trump, a racist, sexist, xenophobe, homophobe, is president of the United States, what it, you've been right all along. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah, like, yeah, that's a great point. And you want to be right, because what do you care? You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can't I can't speak for all those people, but I think there's an appeal. It's like, I, you know, when you see a lot of libertarians, especially in how they behave on Facebook, like government fucks up. Right. And a bunch of people get hurt. And you don't see a lot of posts that are like, I'm really sad that a bunch of people got hurt. And I was rooting for the government this time because I didn't want a bunch of people to get hurt because that makes me sad. It's like, I've been trying to tell all you fucking idiots for years about the government, and look at this. I'm fucking right. You know? So it's kind of like victory laps and and gloating. And you have to think that that exists on the other side, too, that a lot of people felt vindicated. You know, all the tears they shed and all the shrieking they did about how awful and unjust the world is. This was like a big confirmation of that for them. So – to the question, can I stop checking my privilege now, which is a joke question, um, I would expect all of that rhetoric to get turned up. I would expect it to intensify. I would expect these people to become more militant unless, you know, the really scary thing happens where, you know, they start being uh, physically uh, intervened with, you know, more so than they all are already, right? Because you know, it was 40, what, almost 50 years ago that those kids were shot at Kent State. Yeah. And that it seemed to I didn't live through that time, but it seemed to be like a really like a turning point event. And it gave a lot of people there was like quiet when that happened. I bet if you watched a bunch like that guy, AIDS Skrillex, uh, that's the name the Internet has given him, the guy who's sh- shrieking, you're a white male. Shut yeah, up. Yeah. Or, you know, if if you if a lot of people saw a black boot of, you know, the riot police on that guy's head today, especially with when things are so divided and people have such a thirst for instant gratification through their computer. I bet there's a lot of people who would say fucking good. Look, you can you can feel this happening already. Right. People, even people that that, you know, we have uh, lots of overlap with. You can already see sympathies developing with the police. Did you ever think you'd see Alex Jones like five years ago? Did you think, yeah, you know, by 2016, that guy's going to be rooting for the police. Cause he, no, I mean, I, I'd never see myself doing that either. Right. Exactly. But yeah, in the, in the last year it's happened. Exactly. And it, 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 um, I don't know about everyone else, but for me, it's because of the poster childs that the other side chooses mm. for themselves. Mm. Like, I don't. I think we all agree that uh, police do some pretty shady crap. Right. I mean, uh, to me, they they do it just as a matter of course all day long. Right. When when they pull people over and give them speeding tickets. Right. right. But uh, but the the left and the the Black Lives Matter people they want to hold up these gangster thugs as being victims somehow of uh, of of police activities that that they should be doing. And if you do it once, if you do it once, it's too, that's that's all most people need to see. Like Michael Brown was enough for most people to never hear the cries of police abuse against black people again. You're absolutely right. They've picked terrible heroes. And it's like, how did this die in the 1990s? Who became who became like the the poster boy of social justice in the mid 1990s after Rodney King? 
and the L.A. riots and those cops got off. What was the great victory for racial justice in the 1990s? It was a wife beating murderer uh, getting acquitted. Yeah. You know, that was the biggest applause line of the decade for race relations. And, And that was a hard thing to take seriously after that. So so that was, you know, the Michael Brown of 20 years ago. And it didn't yeah, matter think, what the truth was. Sorry, Gardner, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I think having, you know, offering clear distinctions and offering that the, the offering a, a, a statement that we are aware of the effect that some of these movements have, while at the same time expressing, you know, what we understand about police, about the, the state and, and about what police can do in neighborhoods is key. Um, one of the people who's been pretty good on that has been David Knight on on Alex Jones's uh, site. Not to just to mention Alex, you mentioned him again, but um, uh, I think I think that he's done a pretty good job. You look at what happened at Bundy Ranch and the forces there, the the authority forces versus the people, uh, and they you know they tr- they drew a distinction between that and what some of the Black Lives Matter people were doing. Sometimes maybe they went more overboard in supporting the police. I thought uh, so. I always kept it in the back of my mind that if I would have conversations with people who were very left wing, I would try to explain to them, you know, look, uh, I I agree with you, generally speaking, about police. But I think that in this realm now you're you're entering an area where it's, you're becoming counterproductive. And mm-hmm. and what you're doing is you're pushing people over to the other side, which yeah. is exactly what happened with the Trump phenomenon. Part of the Trump phenomenon was exactly that. Um, people said, look, there are there are cops who are trying to keep law and order. There are people who are destroying property and being obnoxious. And I think, as you said, this is going to get worse. There's one thing that's going to happen for sure, which is that at the time for the past eight years in colleges, the people who've been radicals in colleges have had a guy on their side. They thought that uh, was so much on their side that very rarely did we see anybody protesting drone killings or attacks in other countries or overthrows of other countries that were done by their guy. He right. was providing health care and they were opposing the one percenters and these types of things. So they were picking their spots. Now they've got a focus guy. It's Donald Trump. It is the Republican Party that might be following Donald Trump. And so they are going to be and we're already seeing it. I was watching a video on YouTube just a little while ago and somebody was out on the streets and people were chanting. This woman would give like three or four words and a bullhorn and everybody else would repeat afterwards. It was like some sort of perverse nursery rhyme. And um, and she was like, we are the resistance. We are the resistance. We are, you know, it's like, look around you. You are the resistance. Like, okay, pat yourselves on the back. And this is what it's going to be. It's going to be masturbatory, ego stroking for the left-wing people in colleges to promote what they think is really important and they've got an enemy. So it's going to get really, really bad. Um, and it's going to become, I mean, even worse than what we've seen during the elections. It's going to get worse because now there's one guy and he's going to be in there for four years. And there are people coming up in the next election, the, the next two year cycle. And there are people already getting geared up for that. And they're going to use these college people to their advantage. So mm-hmm. we got to be ready for it. Uh, and, you know, those of us who believe that maybe there might be a couple things that we can support for Trump to try to reduce the size of government on people. You know, we we better hope that we can at least keep saying what we're trying to say and that, you know, Trump vocalizes his arguments fairly well uh, because these people are going to be overwhelmingly loud. Absolutely. And and they're going to become they're going to create a higher tolerance. I think this is one of the things that I really worry about for state action against them. Right. Mm. 
Um, oh, you think so? Ab- oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, that's Osborne spoke to that. I spoke to that. It's not something that I want to see, but you know, it, it's ne- it, it's never like when people ask that hammer of government to swing that it swings with any kind of precision. You know, yeah. so I always like I always find like these border. As much as I'm concerned about you know culture clash and the, you know what migration means to. Uh, the United States culturally and economically, any idea of like sealing off the borders or empowering border control like that only targets the people you want it to target. Uh, it, it's just it's it's kind of reckless because that's what the government is. It, it's reckless. And if you yeah. go and you look at the people who are getting their cars, I mean, we were on you know 91 uh, Highway 91, which pretty much parallels the Connecticut River that d- divides uh, Vermont from New Hampshire. And. You know, I was hearing stories about the Border Patrol being up where I live. You know, I'm I'm a, a good uh, 100 miles away from from the Canadian border and they're patrolling on Route 91. Uh, this was mm-hmm. this was years ago. But, um, you know, they, they're not discriminating. You know, they're not profiling. If they're if you hear the stories of the people are getting stopped at checkpoints, um, a, a lot of them are not very suspicious, you know, right. as far as like right. Right. ISIS or coyotes or anything like that. Um, they just want the easiest path to getting their job done. A lot of those people they are bureaucrats, right? right? So if you can rip everything out of a family's suitcase, uh, while they're, you know, on a vacation, that's easier to do than to get in a shootout with Mexican gangsters. You know, if you have the choice, I'm not saying you have the choice, but it's, it, you, you can't have people who choose a career path around generally the path of least resistance, you know? And ask them to be like discerning in doing the harder work, the the less safe work. It just doesn't it doesn't seem to be the way it shakes out in anything. That's not how it worked for the DEA either. They seem to be much happy to go after like harmless, yeah. peaceful pot smokers. Um, yeah, right. Then and it's not that they didn't have task force to deal with the harder stuff, but that that's just not where a lot of the organizational energy went. So anyway, that that's a rant. Uh, but the point was that this you know the hammer swings wildly. And don't expect the government to strike with precision against the people that you think are shitty and annoying, right? Even though we all agree they're shitty and annoying, uh, as you are going to see a lot of these MAGA people and a lot of these alt-right people call for harsher punishments delivered by government uh, against a lot of these people. And uh, that I, I think a lot of people might wish they didn't if they do that. So I, I don't. So I, I'm more concerned with, and I think we'll see first before what you're describing is violence coming from the other direction. I agree. And to the to the previous question we addressed of the is it okay to stop checking my privilege privilege now? The way the um, the memes have been set up, if you are someone who refuses to check your privilege then you are someone who deserves violence to be done upon you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, he, he does, he's not a feminist. Therefore, we can beat his ass. Yeah. And uh, leave him bloody on the street. Yeah, they did or, it to that homeless lady out in L.A. who was supportive of Trump. Remember that? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're talking about we're, – we're talking right now, fortunately, about a very small minority of people. I mean, there are people who say, shut up, you're part of the oppressor class. But they don't even they don't have the balls to to actually get violent with you unless they find themselves in a mob uh, where where they outnumber you. And then the likelihood of that happening is higher. So fortunately, right now, the instances of that are, you know, fortunately, few and far between. Um, and those stories make a lot of press with our press 
when they happen, even though they're completely silent in the mainstream media. Like, uh, Jesus, this thing that happened in Chicago with the kidnapping of the mentally disabled uh, white boy. Um, oh. it, like the, the only it, it was it was almost being it was practically being apologized for in the in the mainstream media. But as these two sides continue to push each other further and further apart, I think Osborne is absolutely right that you'll see more of those things, um, especially if Trump shows a violent hand if trump shows he's not willing to use restraint you know some of these people might go all out there's there's it's hard it's hard to, it's hard it's hard to tell but uh, i think it definitely could get much uglier